the broke, the bloodwood and the desert oak, holding wrecks and boiling diesels, steam at 45 degrees. The time has come to save us back, to pay the rent, to pay our share. G'day, how you going? Um, today is Sunday the 18th of November and I'm back up at my, uh, the lookout spot, not mine, but back up at the uh, lookout spot um, here in Port Hedland, looking out over the ocean, a bit of wind kicking around and um, just joining you this morning for episode, calling this episode 19B uh, of the Average Man Podcast, um, the Pilbara is burning. Um, first of all, I'd just like to do my shout-outs, as always. Um, this week's shout-outs are to Two-Way Hire Services for all your two-way radio needs. They're a Perth-based company, but also willing to service you or your company up here in the Pilbara. So get hold of Ross on Facebook or Instagram. Um, if you need anything uh, two-way radio related, he'll sort you out. Uh, also, shouting out to PCC Productions, the audiovisual specialists up here in the Pilbara. Um... They've got a couple of things, I mean, I suppose the main thing coming up for those guys at the moment is the Christmas carols, which will be the 9th of December at 6.30, starting at 6.30 down at the McGregor Oval, so that's the main oval in the middle of town there, across from, from Woolies. Um, and also I noticed on their page, uh, they've got a petition put up from the Northwest Brewing Company, so these lads are, um, are looking to start a... A brewery, unfortunately not here in Headland, but down in Caratha, um, and I noticed the petition was there. I jumped on and signed it and shared the link on my page anyway. I thought it'd be worth supporting that cause. Um, they've got to go through the commission of uh, gaming, liquor and something. Um, try, and, try and get that passed and get a, a brewery happening in, in Caratha, which you know, is not a bad thing. People from Headland like to pop down for Carratha, to Caratha for a weekend sometimes anyway, and hopefully we might get to see some of those um, craft beers make their way up to Headland some, some of the local stores. So that'd be worth doing, I reckon. Get on there and, and uh, if you're interested and, and sign the petition for that. Um, also, shout out this week to Captured by Carlos. Uh, which is Average Man Podcast uh, alumni. Um, we've had I've had Carlos on here before for a um, an interview uh, to tell us a little bit about what he does. And I've been try- I've caught up with him. I just bumped into him recently, and I've been hitting him up on social media, trying to um, g him up for a another guest spot on the on the podcast. Hopefully before Christmas sometime. So if you're listening to the podcast and you're also friends with Carlos or you you follow him on Facebook or Instagram, uh, g him up about that one. Ask him when he's coming back on the podcast. And Hopefully we can get him on here and, and hear a little bit out of him, the man himself, and he can maybe promote some of his stuff um, straight from the horse's mouth. But uh, in the meantime, I'll do it for him. He's got the prints uh, up for sale for the Christmas period at the moment. They're doing, I think, three different sizes. You can go onto his page, Instagram page there, and have a look at some of the, the shots he's got and see if you'd like any of those done in a print form. And... Um, yeah, have a look at the different sizes and styles he's got of, of prints you can get done up for a, for yourself or for somebody for Christmas or something like that. Um, also, uh, I noticed the other day that um, he got up early. One of the, I think might I'm not sure what day it was. I'm assuming it might have been Friday or Saturday morning. We've had some really beautiful mornings lately. Finally, that wind's starting to ease off. Um, not so much today, but we are having like the better half of the of the day, the first part of the day was starting to be really nice, no breeze, nice weather. So I noticed he got up and, and cruised out of town and took some really nice snaps of salt lakes and some um, a beach somewhere around as well outside of town and just doing a good job of representing the Pilbara and, and catching those beautiful moments that we all get to see when we live here, but people who don't live in, in Port Hedland, um, people who are just passing through or already know about it, um, you know, as a spot on the map, people get to see some of what we, we experience living here and, and get to see how beautiful it really can be. So um, I'm glad that Carlos is doing that work because I, I love the place. I think it's beautiful and I think it's a shame when people don't get to see that and just write the joint off. So props to Carlos for getting out and taking some great shots the other day, going to his Facebook or Instagram 
page and check them out yourself. Uh, also, shout out to Shafted Spearfishing, the boys Lukey and Zam. So the reason I've labelled this episode, episode 19B, was two reasons. As anyone who's been listening since the beginning knows, there was a little mishap at the at the uh, the first one or two episodes where um, I skipped an episode and end up I went from episode one to episode three, I think it was something like that. So we skipped a, an episode and might have been straight away starting on episode two. I can't remember how it went, but basically I missed an episode in there somewhere and just ran with it. And I thought it'd be a time to recalibrate um, the numbering of the episodes now, as I'm, I'm, I'm looking at teeing up this dive session and uh, an interview with. I know Lukey, and I'm hoping Zam will be involved as well from Shafted Spearfishing. And I wanted that to land on episode 20 as a little bit of a milestone, have a guest appearance, and then punctuated with a nice diving session and, and some good um, good conversations, and hopefully some good fish as well. So I thought I'd just do 19B now, and then I'm, I'm planning on. Uh, I know Lukey's just gone on days off recently maybe today or tomorrow or somewhere around that mark so somewhere in the next 10 days hopefully the next week we'll be teeing up a dive session weather permitting um, and going out and then doing the podcast afterwards so yeah I thought it'd be a good idea to just do the 19b recalibrate the numbers to the amount of episodes actually um, released and then 20 can land on a um, uh, interview a guest appearance with those lads or at least one of them so that'd be cool and that's why this is 19b this week um, and also, so yeah, get onto the Instagram or Facebook page, check out the boys, the lads, what they're doing, local spearfishing crew. There's a few different spearfishing crews in town. I know there's GT uh, Spearfishing as well. We've got the shop across from the boat ramp down there. Um, but yeah, specifically just me, I'm giving props to, to Shaft of Spearfishing on this as I know the lads and I really love what they're doing. So um, also shout out to Samat Carpentry and Construction, who I've been shouting out to the last few weeks. I've been working with the lads this week. Um, working me nice and hard which is good because I've been a little bit bored at my other job so things are a little bit slow at my usual job so I've I know these lads um, from around the way uh, I used to work with both of them as well so at the same company so they've got me in for this week now and perhaps um, that might be continuing through to the end of the year so um, yeah working with some guys from Samat Carpentry and Construction at the moment and I know from experience and and seeing their work firsthand just that they're good quality carpenters um, they they're reliable they've got you know just reasonable pricing for for this town mate they say what they're going to do and they they um, do their best to deliver on time and they're a good quality mob mate, which is hard to find up here sometimes so yeah check out uh, Samat Carpentry and Construction that's Sam and Matt from Samat so um, we jam up that it sounds like some Middle Eastern Lebanese building company, but Samat comes from just their first two names put together, Sam, Matt. So, yeah, whatever works, I suppose. Um, and, yeah, that's the shout-outs done for this week. Uh, well, I think we'll jump straight into a local event, which would be, as everybody knows, um, around town, there's been some fires kicking off just east of Headland um, this past week, hence the name The Pilbara is Burning with um, a classic throwback to Midnight Oil, um, Beds Are Burning, as the uh, intro song. So what's going on is uh, there's a fire that's been burning at the east of, up, up in the east of the Pilbara, so the east of Port Hedland, for about 13 days now. I think we only really not started noticing the smoke about on Thursday, and it was kind of, you couldn't tell which direction it was coming from. There was just a haze throughout the whole sky i know some people said they could smell the smoke a lot or, uh, as well i've been working in south headland didn't smell the smoke but definitely could see the haze throughout the whole sky i couldn't see what direction that was coming from um, it's cleared up a little bit as in you can see the direction it's coming from lately but i think the fires have intensified over those over those few days since thursday till now and hopefully from all i can um the information i can get online it seems like perhaps the worst may be passed we might be that might be coming down now hopefully because i know there's been some warnings um put out um, for the, um, the fire department, whatever they're called, DFES, Depart- Department of Fire Emergency Services, um, pertaining to Pardue Roadhouse and Pardue Station, Goldsworthy, Shays Gap, Royal Long Community, Yarra Mine Camp, I know Cape Croydon's been closed. So that's been pretty close to, to those areas. I think especially it, it really started making its way down the, the Great Northern Highway towards Pardue um Roadhouse, and I know that the people, the residents at the station, have, have stayed on board to try and protect the station and the ro- and, and the roadhouse as well. I'm not sure what that entails. I mean, when there's a bushfire coming through, I don't know how much difference we're going to make. Um, 
stopping it or redirecting it, but obviously the fire reserve all been out there, and there's been certain people from the community and residents out there who have been who stayed on to help support it and um, fight it as well. So a big shout out to all the residents and the fire who are out there, you know, risking their health to to, um, to, to try and preserve the. Uh, the roadhouse and the other other spots out there, some of the communities and things like that that have been covering a bit of a flogging from this fire and hopefully there's um, not too much damage to anyone's property or anything out there and hopefully nobody gets hurt or injured or, or any anything worse. So, yeah, shout out to all those people who, are, who have been really directly affected by that and um, hope that the worst of it's over and it slows down because I know that the winds we've been having in the evening, especially on Friday night, like they haven't been helping the situation at all. Surely when it's been hot, we've started hitting our 40 degree days now finally and these winds has come in. Um, I'm not sure what started the fire, whether it was the circumstances of the, the wind with the, the hotter weather coming in or if it was an accidental man-made fire or something, who, who knows. But yeah, it's a bad timing for it and um, hopefully the people out in those communities and those stations and shit are, um, um, are safe, man, and the, and the, work, the worst of that's passed. Uh, I know it's been working its way sort of along the northwest highway. The road out to Marble Bar has been closed. The north, northwest highway between somewhere from Headland, I'm not sure where it starts, the blockage, but it stopped between Headland and Broome. There was a DJ that was supposed to DJ DJ noise or something was supposed to be at the pier last night. They were in Broome the night before. They couldn't make it down the highway, so they had to cancel their set there. Obviously, anyone else who's in Broome is supposed to be heading home, or who's in Headland is supposed to be heading back up to Broome, vice versa. You're you're trapped at one of these two spots at the moment, as there's only one road going um, both ways. So yeah. Um, it's pretty pretty big fires, obviously, and you can still see them burning out there now. It looks more like um, a bunch of different sort of spot fires. Um, a bit more clearer to see where it's coming from the last couple of days, but hopefully that's that's clean, cleaning itself up, man. Because um, yeah, fires never good. Then they said that it was moving in a northeasterly uh, direction and has been quite unpredictable, obviously with with um, the winds and things like that and the heat that we've had. So yeah, ho- hopefully that the worst of that fire's passed. And that's a big event that's been happening around town that would have affected a lot of different people, I suppose. So, moving on from the fires, um, I'll just give you a quick recap of my week. Um, this week has been, been, like I said, a pretty busy week at work um, with the boys from Samat, and I may be staying there for the rest of the uh, rest of the year. Um, but, yeah, which is good, man. It's something to, to mix it up and, and keep me busy for these last few weeks. I've only got just under a month now of work left before I wrap up for the year and get things ready to, to take off for the Chrissy break. So I'm happy to be sort of head down, ass up, working and putting some money in the bank, especially this time of year. So that's good, man. Uh, and I've just sort of kept that rolling on the weekends. I found a problem with when you're not busy at work. For me, I come home and if I've been stuck in second gear at work all day, it's hard to do anything in your off time and to keep like to get that momentum going. You kind of end up having cruisy afternoons, cruisy weekends, and sort of get nothing done, which drives my anxiety through the roof. I need to be nice and busy. I need to be checking checking things off the off the to do list to feel um, happy and satisfied and have fulfilling weeks. So it's good. I'm busy. I rolled that over straight onto Saturday, took the boy down to Taekwondo um, with my girl as well, and then um, came home and got straight out in the heat and started building a, a big storage shelf outside. So anyone who's been listening to the podcast for a little while knows I keep bitching about the, the sea container that I had to get rid of. Um, we bought a sea container when we first got to town because the shed on the property is uh, just dog shit little old cracked asbestos thing that takes water on like no one's business. So I bought a sea container, stuck that up nice and neatly at the back of the block and had built a bunch of shells in there and had all my shit sitting in there, absolutely beautiful, watertight, could put a padlock on it. I could stick everything in my yard in that in that sea container for cyclone prep and shit, lock her up and walk away. No dramas. And then the hospital, because we're in hospital housing, caught wind of it, weren't happy with it, said I wouldn't, they wouldn't even give me the opportunity to put it through council and tie it down and all that kind of shit, which I was happy to do. Said I had to get rid of the damn thing, so I sold it a month or two ago, and I've been bitching about it ever since. Um, so yeah, I just had to build a bit of a, bit of a um, some shelving sort of outside the, the house, protected by the, the uh, roof outside the front door there. Um, some heavy duty shooting, um, shelving, which I can chuck a bunch more stuff. Um, It'd be pretty well protected from wind and, and definitely protected from the rain and the weather and shit. So I can stack a stack a bit more stuff there and um, start getting my cyclone prep done. So I jumped out and did that on Saturday. And then um, once that was bowled over, I finished the... Oh, I, I, I attached the um, aircon to the dog's kennel. I've been working on this dog's kennel. Well, working on it. I knocked it up a few weeks ago with some fridge, freezer panels. I got off the boys from Samat. Uh, knocked up a dog's kennel. Um, and the point, the plan was to put this second-hand aircon 
that I got, a little wall rattler. I've got to, to install that in the side of it, and then I need some um, some of the like you know the PVC strip blinds you see on like cool rooms. Um, it's like so you can have the the, the door of the freezer room uh, or cool room open, and you've got those plastic sort of PVC strip blinds hanging down, which keep the keep any flies and bugs and crap out and keep the cool in but you can just walk straight through them without having a door to operate so that's the idea to get some cool, um, some of that blind freezer blind to put up on the front of their two little doors opening to their kennel and um but i got the i don't have the strip blind yet but i got the uh, aircon installed yesterday so i've been cranking that up for the dogs and um yeah pretty feeling pretty good about that man the old boy's getting up like i've mentioned a few times i don't know if he's going to see it another summer through if he does he's going to be pretty damn old by then he's starting to show all the classic signs of aging at the moment his eyes are clouding over he's getting a little bit um it's a little bit hard for him to get up off the floor sometimes straight away um i notice he gets tired a lot quicker than he used to all this kind of stuff he can't catch the ball as well as he used to he's starting to be act like a little bit of a doddery old man so I don't want him to get flogged by another hot summer and uh, our houses are too too small with a 3 by one to have two cats, two dogs, two kids and two adults in it all at the same time man especially with the dogs scabbing the kids food and stuff so they don't get to spend much time inside so yeah I've built the aircon on the on the, um, the kennel for them and that's going to help them get through the summer a bit better and make me feel better too when they're when they're outside and we're all inside in the, in the cool box and when also when I'm at work you know and they're just getting flogged by the heat of the day I'll have it come on for about four hours for the in the middle of the day for them and yeah I know we're gonna get flogged with electricity man but it's worth it you know you gotta look after the the hairy kids mate so that was what I did Saturday and obviously today's Sunday I woke up went for a bit of a walk down the beach with the kids and my wife and then just watched um, the new Incredibles movie with my boy He's been talking about it, he's seen it, like the ads for it and that on, on, on the iTunes um, store for, for weeks and weeks and, and we bought a crappy uh, um, version of it in Bali which was just too too shit to even watch. It was just like one of those ones that was filmed in the cinema and the, the, the sound was all crap and the picture was really dark so we couldn't watch that. So he's been known about it for a couple of months now and he's, he's wanted to watch it for ages. It's finally come out on iTunes, but only to buy, not to rent. You know, you rent them for like five bucks or something, or you buy them for 25 bucks. I normally just rent them. But he's seen it this morning. He said, please, Dad, please, can we watch that one? I really want to watch The Incredibles, The Incredibles. I tried to deter him a couple of different ways. He's like, no, The Incredibles. I'm like, oh, man. I was like, all right, you know what? I'm not going out drinking or anything like that this week. I was thinking of going to the Yacht Club tonight, but I'll, I'll can that. He can have some of my beer money, and I'll buy him the bloody incredible. So I bought that for the boy this morning. We sat back and watched it. He loved it, and um, it's another little one to add to the collection there. Anyway, I told him, you better watch this thing on repeat for the next two weeks now because that's what you do with all these crappy little shows on Netflix and stuff, and I've paid, tw- paid 25 bucks for it now. So I'll be happy to hear that one played in the background drive me insane over the next couple of months. If it means it was money well spent, keep the lad happy. My daughter couldn't care less. She was up and running around and getting into the cupboard and eating bloody cranberries out the packet and wrestling the cat and doing all sorts of crap while we were watching it so she's not really a big one for movies anyway man she's more sort of up and go kind of kind of um girl she likes to get outside and likes to get into mischief and stuff like that but um she's got moana he's got the incredibles and everything else will just be netflix i'm happy you got that done for him bought that this morning keep back and watch that and then i'm down here now well, up here i should say at the lookout doing an, another episode of the podcast so um, it was hard to fit this one in this week as I had a big week and, like I said, head down, but I'm um, busy on during the days and just sort of kicking back, having a drink at night and passing out pretty early, so I didn't get it done Friday or Saturday night. But this is what it's all about, man, having that commitment to um, some weekends it's easy and, and fun and it's and I can't wait to get out and do an episode. Some weekends you've got to push to make it happen a little bit more and that's that whole consistency thing, man, and I believe... I believe in hard work and consistency is the key to success. So I want this podcast to, to be successful and to be a, a permanent part of my life that I keep doing and, and build up you know, um, listeners and, and followers in the long run. So here I am, mate, doing the hard yards out here on a Sunday, pumping out an episode for you all uh, before I go home and, and relax with the beer. Um, as I said, yeah, I'm having a few quiet nights lately just because um, we're, we're coming up to the Christmas break I'm trying to bank as much money as I can, and I know there's going to be sort of um, there's going to be those um, essential uh, social events sort of coming up pretty soon. Like I got Chrissy work do my Christmas work do on Wednesday, which is just dinner at the Esplanade. But um, you never know; these things can sometimes turn hairy, and um, it could end up being a, a bit of a blowout. I know that the two lads I'm working with um, from Samat they they used to work for the company I'm with now, so they'll be um, 
they've been invited to come down as well. So the guys I'm working with currently will be there on, on the Wednesday night. So if things do start to get a bit hairy and people kick on for a few more drinks after the dinner, then at least um, I know the guys I'm working with will be in the same boat as me. It won't be just me rocking up uh, dog shit hungover on the on the Thursday or whatever. They'll, they'll be in the same boat with me. So that's good to that's good to know. And we'll see how that one travels, how that one plays out. But there's my Christmas due. There'll be my missus' uh, work Christmas due coming up. Um, obviously we'll be down in Perth within sort of five, five and a half weeks and then um, there'll be catch-ups to do down there. I'll have a bit of a catch-up with blokes I used to work with in town. Um, when I get down to Perth, I drive in on like the 19th, 20th and then I've got a bit of a piss-up planned on the 21st and then it'll be a couple of days prep before Christmas and then down to the house down in Dwelling Up with my family, big Christmas do. And then we're heading down Margaret River to catch up with some friends down there for a couple of nights more drinking, more partying, it's just going to be hectic, so i really got a little bit of a quiet before the storm this next uh, month, um, I'm going to get a bit of, bit of diving in, a few bit of fishing with the boy, but really just pull my head in and have, and have quiet nights, quiet weekends, I'm, and I'm happy to do that, I know my missus gets cabin fever and I kind of do a little bit, but hey man, you got to take the, take the quiet while you can and, and put that money in the bank because it'll start getting drained once that Christmas period kicks in proper, so yeah, a little bit of a hermit sort of... Um, at the moment nothing too exciting to tell in my personal life I think like tonight I was thinking of going down the uh, yacht club for a, for a beer and, and maybe a feed and let the kids get out and stretch their legs and have a bit have a bit of a play but again I'm just now it's now it's Sunday Arvo I'm thinking nah stuff it man we'll just um, we'll just have a quiet one save our money but we, I think the missus wants to go down and watch some of the turtles coming in as I mentioned last week's turtle laying season at the moment and people have been posting photos on the tur- turtle uh, headland turtle care page and some of my neighbours have been down and seen them and I think that that'd be pretty cool for the kids to go down there and see the, the turtles come up and lay their eggs and just yeah be a, get amongst it and, and um a way to get out without spending any money so that should that could be pretty cool I know you can also see them from my neighbour's um, balcony out the front there so we might go up might go down early this evening and, and watch some of the turtles come in and then maybe go have a drink with the neighbours on the balcony and, and see if we can see a bit more action from up there um, yeah but apart from that it's not too much um, not too much else going on eh? so just working head down um yeah, getting some shit done around the house and things like that, and then and then a bit of turtle watching, mate. So, pretty pretty exciting week in the uh, in the in the life of uh, the average man this weekend. But yeah, what do you do, mate? Can't all be um, can't all be glitz and glamour and gung ho. I had a um, couple of mates went out uh, on a fishing trip on Friday and they camped over Friday night, and I know they got a few barras, so there's some barra kicking around, I would, I definitely would like to get out and get amongst that before um, we head away for the, the Christmas break as well, catch a barra, maybe maybe take the boy out somewhere where he can, he can see some barra um, get landed and, and get that fever for fishing, so we'll see how we go over the next couple of weeks with that, but apart from that, eh, not too much going on, um, so well, I am doing the hermit thing, kicking around at home, there's um, bunch of Netflix documentaries and shit I've been, I've been getting into. I always like to share some of the um, shows and movies and, and stuff and documentaries and, and comedy specials and shit with you guys that, I, that I'm into. Um, so there's a bunch of doc- documentaries I've noticed popping up lately on Netflix and I'll probably just sit back and, and, and tick those off the list as the, the weekends, as the weeknights and the weekends roll by. There's, um, as far as hip-hop documentaries, I watched one like uh, a couple of months back, probably the best one I've seen, which was called The Defiant Ones, which was the story of uh, Dr. Dre and, and his partnership with um, uh, Jimmy Iovine. And, um, Jimmy Iovine? Yeah, Jimmy Iovine, um, who's a uh, uh, record company executive um, of Indescope Records and him and Dr. Dre teamed up and they produced a bunch of different um, massive big artists all through the 90s and the noughties and, and up until now. Obviously they've become billionaires together with the um, creation of the Beats by Dre headphones which they sold to Apple for $1.3 billion or something like that. Um, and that was a, that's a wicked doco man and it really shows you like a side of Dr. Dre I never knew about how he's so meticulous and a perfectionist and he's just got this OCD trait to him which is why his beats are so uh, brilliant why he's such a hard 
consistent worker and he's made so much good music throughout the, the decades. And, and when you look at the partnership between him and Jimmy Iovine, their, their, hand, their, their hands have touched so much of, of the music that shaped the, the culture, the hip-hop culture, and then the culture, the wider culture in general over the last couple of decades, man, which is just bloody incredible. Last three decades, really. It's bloody incredible, man. The artists that, that they've worked with and um, people they've brought up and names who are now huge, you know, due, due to... Um, Dr. Dre and his this partnership with with Interscope Records, not um, not to mention like Kendrick Lamar, uh, Eminem, you know they're two of the top ones. Uh, Tupac Shakur, man, like there's just some, and then there's a whole list of like female artists, Gwen Stefani, um, you know a bunch of other sort of pop artists and things like that who've, who've been signed to that label and have made such a massive splash. Um, uh, Trent Reznor from the Nine Inch Nails, you know, start, got his start with, with, with Jimmy Iovine. So it's just a really awesome uh, documentary, and there's a few other hip-hop ones underneath that that I'm interested in watching now. I watched the first uh, season of Hip-Hop Evolution a month or two ago as well, which um, which chronicles the rise, uh, the, the, the start and the rise of hip-hop. So it started as, like, um, house parties in, um, in New York, these um, dudes would get together and throw house parties and like the guys would start like it sort of came out of nowhere there was a couple of guys who started doing it around the same time I'm going to blank on their names so I'm not even going to bother umming and ahhing and trying to bring them up off the top of my head but dudes would start basically they'd get like swing records and jazz records and old blues records and things like that and they'd um, isolate the the drum beat, the drum section from them on, you know, on, on one turntable, and then they'd like spin in other vocals from other other songs and things on a, on another um, on another turntable. You know, obviously it's the the the, the birth of of, um, of proper DJing, you know, on turnstiles, and then and then they started they'd do that at house parties, just make these killer funky beats and shit, you know, and then dudes would start getting up and kind of just emceeing over the top of it, just, but it was really more about the DJ than anything else, the guys were kind of like, the MCs were kind of just like hype men who'd get up and sort of say a few lyrics over the top to get the crowd pumped up and things like that, and that became, from the house party scene, they started getting booked at clubs, that became a club scene, the MCs sort of came along with them, became more prevalent, and they started getting groups coming out, and the, you get the first groups like uh, get, getting their, their tracks on, on played on radio, and that led to like tracks that, to groups like Run DMC, who obviously changed the, to the, the game. And then it moves from New York down over to the to the West Coast to Los Angeles, and then you get the birth of of uh, gangster rap in in LA with NWA. Again, Dr. Dre got his hand in that one, and, uh, and then it basically goes from the birth of gangster rap to through the mid '90s, and that's where the first season um, stops. And now the second season's just come out, so it's taking off from that point with with gangster raps taken prevalence over the hip-hop scene through to I'm not sure where, where it goes through I haven't watched it yet so that's the next hip-hop doco I want to watch because it was done really well the guy who does it's just got a real passion for hip-hop he just cruises around does he's he's, he's just like a, a normal bloke um, he's an aspiring MC himself but he's no one he's not famous he's not, not a guy with a big ego just a real charismatic guy and he follows it um, he follows the story around and then in, interviews these real big names in hip-hop from past and, and present and that's hip hop evolution. Another one I've heard about is the is called Unsolved, I think, which is about the murder, murders of Biggie and Pac in the '90s. And there's a lot of background information and unspoken um, yeah, information that people, I guess, that there's finger pointing towards certain people in the industry and things like that. That that's not generally spoken about unless you're Eminem and you just say it on your last diss track about um, about. Uh, about uh, P Diddy being the one that put the hit out on Pac, and then so there's a whole documentary on that and the dodgy police work that went on with it and and, and all that kind of shit. So I'm pretty pretty interested in, in watching that one. Uh, there's another one out. It's not a hip hop related one. That's uh, called Fight World. Fight World with Frank Grillo. Frank Grillo is an actor. He's an action star actor, but he's a legit like sort of martial artist as well. I don't know if you anybody listening watched the show that was on. Um, Showtime um, called Kingdom, which was an MMA um, TV uh, TV series. So it was like followed this gym in in Los Angeles, and there's a couple of brothers and and, and another guy in the gym, and it follows their rise through the ranks and their lives and and all the shit that goes on. And Frank Grillo's the dad and the gym owner in that in that movie. So you might be familiar with him from that show. And he's got this um, doco called Fight World, and he travels around the world and gets himself involved in these different fight. Um, 
communities and cultures all around the world and um, just gets in there and trains with them and learns a little bit, a bit about their story and their culture. And, um, yeah, that looks like a really good doco, especially coming from someone like him who's a legit martial artist and really just loves everything martial arts-based. So he kind of has an in with them. He gets the respect of the of the people, you know, of the fighters, and he trains with them and all that kind of stuff. And that looks like a really good documentary to watch. So I'm going to check that one out. Um, another one I've seen the advert ad for on there is called The Evolution of Us, which follows the evolution of, of mankind. Anybody who's listened to the podcast previously knows I'm a little bit obsessed with the evolution of humankind as well. I read that book Sapiens recently, which, which was just brilliant. Just for me, just absolutely blew my mind. So there's a documentary out that that, that chronicles some of the um, uh, uh, the journey of, of the humankind ever evolution as well. So I want to check that one out. There's a few um, training ones I've seen late, lately as well. So they've been suggested to me on Netflix since I watched that uh, Ronnie Coleman, The King documentary. There's uh, Gen Generation Iron, Born Strong, and there's a bunch of CrossFit docos on there as well. So I'm going to get in the monks and, and watch some of those and see if they're any good because I, I do, I am interested in all that sort of stuff, seeing the extremes that some of these people push their bodies to. And um, especially with the CrossFit one, I've always had a little bit of a um, prejudice against CrossFit for some reason. I'm not sure why. Um, I think I've just heard a lot about the injuries and stuff that certain people that people can get um, doing CrossFit, and I think I don't like the cult sort of um, persona around it. Like it's kind of you know, CrossFitters are kind of like bloody vegans, whereas they they always have to proselytise the fact that they're CrossFitters and they wear shirts that fucking state that they're CrossFitters and shit. But I mean, the the, the basic fact of it is, for someone who's not in a specific sports based training program, you want to get fit, strong. And, and get um, good cardiovascular fitness up. It's really good all-round workout. So I'm kind of leaning towards maybe I might mix it up and do a bit of cross-fit training next year. Um, we'll see. We'll see how we go. But I'm going to check out a few of these other uh, these training documentaries and just I think that coming into the new year, I'm not one of those guys that wakes up on the first January and says, oh, "My goal is to lose 10 kilos this year or whatever." Or join a gym. Like I've been training consistently for the past seven or eight years. That's not going to stop. But I always need new motivation, new direction to go. Figure out what I'm doing it for. What am I training for at the moment? So um, I think CrossFit could be something that I might, you know, get get myself interested in next year. But the way I train, it would generally be probably something I'll learn about for myself, and then and then do my own sort of CrossFit program um, with the with the resources I have at the gym that I already go to. I won't be joining like a specific CrossFit program or anything like that. It's kind of just not for me training with big groups of people. But I am interested in in the style of training they do. A good training partner would be good though, just to help push yourself. Because I guess the one thing about CrossFit is is high reps and, and really pushing yourself to, to your limit on those high reps and and, and things like that. Um, which is one of the problems I've had with it in the past is that high rep, higher weight, um, and they go for time as well on their on their reps. So you kind of I see that form perhaps could um, suffer when you when you're training like that. So one thing I would do is is um, make sure that myself training with um, CrossFit style I, I really need to make sure that form doesn't doesn't get put in the back seat just for reps and for time because that's how injuries happen man that's how people fuck themselves up and you don't get to train for a long time when you do that so I'm not I'm not out there to, to blow my body out especially at 35 years old feeling it every single day I want to get stronger and fitter not be bloody crippled with lower back injuries or blow my shoulders out which are notoriously bad anyway so like I've, I've had anyone that doesn't know me I've had um about 25 dislocations of my right shoulder and about 18, 19 of my left shoulder. Um, not so many in the last five or so years. I really haven't blown my shoulder out for about four years now, either of them. But um, they've both had multiple, multiple blowouts. I've got arthritis in my right shoulder, no cartilage left on the joint. I've got chipped. My scapella's got a big chip out of it, like a crescent-shaped chip with a with a shoulder um, socket pops out hits that bone all the time or used to pop out hit that bone all the time I went down to Perth for um, uh, reconstruction about three or four years ago and went under the knot like went under the under the anesthetic and they went in with the camera and everything and then um, woke up and they hadn't done the operation and I woke up and thought, man the shoulder feels pretty good and the doctor came in and saw me and said hey man um, just bad news we, we, we weren't able to do the, the operation I said, oh no, what do you mean? Like I've taken time off work, I've flown down to Perth, I've been down to see the specialist a couple of times, all this kind of crap. You know, this was a big event that was planned in my life, man. And I woke up from it thinking it's going to be done finally, all mentally prepared, and he said we couldn't do the, the operation, man. And I said, why not? 
He said, well, first of all, we couldn't dislocate your shoulder um, because where you've got cartilage on your... So your, your shoulder joint's a, a ball and socket joint. So think of the scapula as a socket and obviously your shoulder is the ball and that socket sits inside the inside the, the socket joint there and inside that socket there's a lining of cartilage which come, comes up and out to the edges of the of the uh, of the, the of the socket and every time I dislocate my shoulder the the shoulder hits that bone which why well, I've got a, a, a crescent shaped chip in that sh- in the shoulder there it hits that um, cartilage there and blows it out so I didn't have any cartilage left there and also because of the trauma, my shoulder had grown like calcium spurs to keep the shoulder in its socket. So like you can imagine either side of the socket, making it deeper and more firmer with two calcium spurs, which is basically bone. So extensions of the bone have grown out and made that socket deeper. He couldn't get the shoulder out past that. And he also found out when he put the camera inside my shoulder that there was no cartilage left. And I've seen the pictures of that, which is horrific. It's just tiny little white floaty bits. It looks like, looks like white seaweed sticking off the top of the, of the shoulder socket, uh, so the, the ball joint, sorry, meaning that that, that shoulder is no longer uh, able to be reconstructed and, and fully rehabilitated. Um, they said the only option there is going to be um, a, a shoulder replacement. And I'm too young for one of those. Um, I've got my, I'm holding my breath for... Um, uh, stem cell research to come along uh, further. I, mean, I know it is coming on a long way. It's not available in Australia. You have to go to places like Panama or you know other places out you know where, where they the there's good doctors and the stem cell programs are up and running. But it costs shitloads of money. You know it's not covered by by your health insurance or anything like that. And I don't even know where to start to go see a specialist to be honest. But I know that sometime in the next ten or twenty years, I'm sure that the the um, research will come along you know and hopefully make its way to Australia or I can you know get myself overseas and get it checked out properly and, and hopefully we can regrow some of that cartilage anyway and and and, and the ligament damage can be repaired as well so that's what I'm holding my, my mind out for but point of that story that long-winded story was that I've got two buggered shoulders I don't need, I don't need to be throwing them uh, out and, and you know dislocating them and, and fucking my joints up any worse than they already are so I've got to be really careful with that kind of training but yeah it's just a, it's a thought on my mind man and I've seen those documentaries on there so I thought I might check those out and see if I um, get drawn further into that into that world of CrossFit um, but other things I've been watching on the TV um, uh, on the old wireless have been um, uh Sorry, wireless would be a radio. Wireless would be the old radio. What were they used to call the TV? The tube. Be watching on the tube, um, or the box. Is that what they used to call it? Old timers. What's on the box? Is that right? The tube. What's on the tube? Anyway, what I've been watching on TV lately. Um, I checked out Carl Barron's latest um comedy special on Friday night. It's called Drinking with a Fork. Um, which was fucking hilarious, man. Absolutely brilliant. So glad to see a great Aussie comic put out a special like that, man. Because most of the comics that I watch, apart from like Jim Jefferies and there's a couple of guys like who I watch YouTube clips of, like uh, the dude that does the Chopper impersonation, um, Ronnie someone. Can't remember his name off the top of my head, but there's that bloke and there's another guy. Um, there's, there's some good Aussie comics, but it's mostly. Like Shooter, Shooter Williamson, you see on Instagram, and I see other clips of people on YouTube and things like that. But apart, aside from Jim Jeffries, there's not really many um, Aussie comedians on on the net on Netflix, you know. So you know, I don't really get to watch them. And, and the podcasts that I listen to are all mostly Yanks, and I hear all the comedians that they're in those circles. So I end up watching their specials and shit like that. And I and I kind of I suppose the um, the Aussie comedies comedians get left in the background a little bit for me. So it's glad to see um, Carl Barron's special, but. Man, I had to buy it on on iTunes on the iTunes store because it was it's not on Netflix, man. So there's a little something going on there where Netflix is obviously an American-based company, and they got all these American comedians they're giving specials to. But the Aussies aren't getting scooped up in that in that deal. There's not all these Aussie comedians getting Netflix specials, so it's hard to find the shit, man. Like, you know, Netflix really is the place you want to be as a comedian. It's the biggest platform. All the biggest comedians are on there. So I don't know. Hopefully that. Uh, um, Netflix start expanding that into their international market soon. Pick up a few Aussie comedians. We can see a few more more specials, man. Because you know, I'd say you go check out Carl Barron's new um, new special. But you got to go on iTunes and buy it, mate. Cost six bucks to rent it or something. But if you are into him, if you're a massive fan, I definitely definitely would go rent that one. Check it out because it was awesome, man. But you know, I've got to watch it again tonight or something to get a second watch because then it gets bloody deleted. Whereas Netflix, you can just watch them whenever you want. 
So a little bit spewing about that, but awesome special, man, and, and it's really um, giving me a kick in the ass to try and hunt out a few more Aussie comedians because I love, I love stand-up comedy. It's, I think it's a really influential part of our culture and our society and that. But um, like I said, I'm, I'm watching all these Yanks, man, and, and you know, it's my, my culture's <laughs> Australia and, and rural Australia at that, so I need to search a little bit harder and try to get a bit more involved in the Aussie comedy scene. Um, but that one was brilliant, man. Just his, It's his take on Australian sort of culture and his, his upbringing in the 80s and the way things were with parents and shit back then. And um, just He's just so funny, man. All his Australian, Australian colloquialisms and... and um, just his sarcastic humour and his funny little facials that he does, man, and, and voices and stuff. Like it's just, it's just hilarious, man. Absolutely brilliant. One of the best specials I've seen up right up there with all the top American comedians. So that's good to see, man. And, and um, hopefully, Cal Barron can get himself noticed a little bit more on the on the largest larger scene because the Yanks don't know about us, mate. All they know is Jim Jeffrey. That's literally the only Australian comedian that they know of who's hilarious. But I think we've got more to offer than that. And um, yeah. But that was that was good, man. Um, what else have I, have, I, have I watched on there lately? Um, not much in the way of TV shows and stuff. But yeah, like I said, a bunch of documentaries I'm watching at the moment. So that Tyrant show I've been watching, I've been talking about. It's got getting pretty good now. But the the plot's finally spicing up a little bit, and I'm I'm happy to, to watch that and finish it one now. I've been I've been bitching a moment about watching it. Um, but I sort of invested the time in it, so I'm sticking with it. But the, the, the story's getting good now. Even though the characters aren't really very likeable, which is a big problem, but the story's kind of heating up now, and that's enough to keep me keep me interest, interested. So I'll follow that one through and, and um, let you all know how it goes anyway. Uh, moving on to music. Uh, this week, uh, this month is Australia, is Oz Music Month. Um, Triple J uh, have this Oz Music Month thing, the thing that they pr- promote every November. So all the like versions this month will be Australian artists covering other Australian artists. And um, on Friday we got the presets covering Midnight Oil, Power and the Passion. So that's another little twist to the um, to the opening song, um, Beds Are Burning, I thought. With the fires over east of Headland, I could do... I could mix that in with the fact that the uh, Midnight All got covered on like a version, but I didn't play the song that got covered. I played um, Beds Are Burning, obviously, because it tied in with the theme of the fires in town. But... The presets cover Midnight Oil, Power and the Passion, and it was fucking brilliant. So Julian from the presets has the has the right voice for it for a start. Got that weird kind of Peter Garrett spin to his voice. They had a, they made it had a, a guest horn section in there and some other dudes on guitar and all that kind of shit. And just the that track with the horns and then with their their synth their, their um distinct synth sound going through the background and his awesome voice man like it was just wicked so you go go on youtube and check that one out man because it was really really good uh, he did like a, an old aussie classic they didn't did, um did a lot of justice to it um yeah it was it just sounded awesome man it sounded like um uh, they really gave it a modern feel to it and, and um sounded like a like the original but like a cover and which is exactly how a, a version should should be I, I reckon you should put your own spin on it but it should do justice to the original Priestess definitely nailed that one on Friday so go check that out um, with being Oz Music Month once one day of the month they do like um, Oz Band T-shirt Oz Music Band Shirt Day and you're supposed to wear an Australian um, band T-shirt to work or whatever <clears throat> and every year this happens every year I get I feel shame because I don't have any Australian band T-shirts man um I love music, <clears throat> I love Australian music, and used to always have band t-shirts, and I was speaking to the dude about it at work on Thursday, speaking to Sammy about it, and, I was, and I'm, I'm thinking, like, I don't have any, I don't have an Australian band t-shirt, and because, I guess that, like, I used to get all my shirts from gigs, and, and like, the CDs, you know, like, the music store used to go in and buy CDs, and then while you're, while you're in there, you look around, there's, you know, especially I used to go down to 28 Records in the city back in the day, or even just your local Sanity, your tracks, you'd go in there and buy a CD, and then have band T-shirts up there for, like, 15, 20 bucks, you know, and you buy your, your favourite band T-shirt, or you go to the gig, you go to the gig, man, afterwards, after watching your favourite band play, or the band play, you go out to the back, down the back, to the merch section, and, and grab a T-shirt for 15 bucks, you know, and then you rock that thing for the next six months straight without bloody washing it gets holes in it and it stinks awesome but I just don't do that those things anymore man like I hardly ever get to gigs these days especially being up in here, here in Headland we don't get a lot of music come through um, I don't go to CD stores anymore buy everything you know I listen to music on Spotify and buy stuff on, on iTunes so I just don't have, I have to go out of my way to find band shirts and then when I think about it I think man I want to get myself a band shirt and then fucking 
forget about it and it doesn't happen. So I, I'm, I'm ashamed to say I don't have an Australian band T-shirt or any band T-shirts at the moment. So um, I need to remedy that. Uh, I'll definitely be buying a Red Hot Chili Peppers shirt, which I'm not an Australian man, but it's a band shirt, when I go to the uh, Chili Peppers in March, the, the coming to Perth in March uh, next year, 2nd of March, and I have locked that in, mate. Me, me, me and the bro, uh, Eli, are going to go down to that one. He's me mate who came to Eminem with us. So this is, um, for me, Red Hot Chili Peppers is a, um, it's a um, bucket list item man like I've, I've got this bucket list you know and especially of bands Eminem was on there UFC was on there I've done both of those things man so I'm not going to make it to Eminem's concert um, in February in Perth next year because I've got other things planned I'm saving money you know holidays and, and caravans to buy and shit like this man I can't be going to everything that pops up and because I have already knocked that off the list even though I, I'm spewing to miss it especially with the new album out um, I know it's the right thing to do and um I've already knocked that one off the list, but then Red Hot Chili Peppers got announced, and I'm definitely going, man, definitely going. Um, love the Chili Peppers. I've said before on this podcast, the Chili Peppers and, and Eminem are, are two of my, my all-time favourites. They're in my top five um, um, bands and top five albums that are in my rotation, and these dudes are on my bucket list, man. I missed them in 2002 when they came. I missed them about five years or six years ago when they came. I was up here in Headland. They came. It was just the timing was wrong, and I couldn't go. And I'm kicking myself ever since. I'm like, next time they come, I'm going, man, because I know it's probably going to be the last time they they come to Australia. Dudes are in their fifties now. Um, yeah, I'm not going to let this opportunity go. So that one's locked in. Um, as soon as tickets come on sale, I'm buying them, and I'll figure out the rest of the plan afterwards, man. But I'm pretty pumped about that. No doubt, I'll buy a shirt while I'm there as well. But that won't remedy me for Oz Music Month next year. So what I, I will do is I'll, I'll um, have a think about it. I'll get myself a. Uh, uh, an Oz Music Band shirt sorted as well. See, I was going to buy a Hands Like Houses uh, shirt when I did the interview with the guys, but their merch guy didn't come to town with them. So I thought, yeah, that'd be sweet. I'll quick catch up with those dudes, do the interview with them, buy a shirt, and then and rock it to the to the um, head to the uh, Northwest Music Fest that night. But yeah, it was a no go. Their, their merch guy didn't come, so I missed out on that opportunity as well. It's like I'm uh, cursed to not find an Australian music T-shirt, bro. Uh, anyway. I will sort that out, um, and I'll post it on the page to prove to everybody that I did my homework and I got my Oz music band, Oz band music. What am I saying? My Australian band T-shirt um, sorted out, and I'll have it to rock for Oz, t- Oz music T-shirt. Fucking too many words. Oz band music T-shirt day next year. Um, anyway. Uh, another thing I'm going to do on one of the upcoming episodes is I've just been noticing in the last uh, six months or so a real um, a real a str- like a real US taste to coming into a lot of the Australian hip hop. So the, Oz, uh, the Australian hip hop scene uh, has always been really distinct. It's, it's distinctly been its own uh, sound, its own flavour. Like even though obviously the initial uh, inspiration was hip hop from the US. Australian hip hop has always had its own flair, man. It was never gangster rap. It was never East Coast rap. It was just it was its own it was its own flair, man. So, um, which I love. It's its own genre, even you know. Uh, and lately, lately I know there's there's a lot of artists that have been coming out who've got a more of a, a US influence style um, feel to them. Um, and so, uh, I'm not. Exactly, like, you know, I guess Remy's one of them. There's a dude that won um, Triple J Unearthed High last year, Anu Faraji. There's another, a couple of other uh, female artists another and another male artist from um, from Sydney who, who have come out, who've got a real uh, um, American sort of influence to their style. There's another guy who I'm blanking on his name at the moment. There's a few of them that have come out lately, so... I'll, do, I'll compile a little bit of a list of some of the, the bands who I think got that really American influence style hip hop um, and I'll bring them up on, 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 a, on an episode coming up soon in the future I'll do a little bit of a review review on that genre and um, and, and uh, yeah do a bit of a review on that genre and, and, and have a bit of a spiel on what I think about it and and, um, and where I think it's going and, and all that kind of thing and see where it's um, yeah where it's come from so that's coming up I uh, just thought I'd mention it now. I don't have too much information on it. It's just something that's on my mind. I've noticed that come popping up lately in, in the last, uh, sort of, like I said, six months to a year. So we'll, um, 
uh, we'll cover that on, on, a, on an episode coming up soon. But yeah, apart from that, mate, um, I'm going to sign off now, go home, have a beer, get myself some um, some food prep done. I'm doing, um, I don't mean meal prep for the week, I mean dinner tonight. I got my, I got the old Jamie Oliver cookbook out. Uh, I'm going to make a Thai green, well it's not a Thai green, it's, 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 it's a Thai uh, influenced green curry, Jamie Oliver style. Um, so I love I love cooking, man. And I used to. This is the book that got me into cooking. I, I used to watch Jamie Oliver on on the TV, and he did his thirty minute meals. And I used to, you know, record them and then watch the recipe and go in the kitchen. And I'd be watching it and pausing it and knocking it up myself. And then I got uh, his cookbook, and I got a couple of other cookbooks since then. And I just I love cooking. And this is sort of the the book that got me into it. Pulled it off the shelf yesterday and dusted it off. Went got myself a few ingredients. So I'm gonna go home and tackle this um, green curry. Uh, with a kimchi slaw, so I'll go home and do a bit of prep for that, knock that one up, and, and hopefully I can nail that, because I don't get a whole lot of t- chances to do it with the kids these days, like during the week and shit, I don't anyway, so i kind of got to put a, a, an afternoon aside specifically um, to do that, to, to prep up for a meal and, 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 and cook a nice meal, and I think what, what better time to do it than a Sunday avo. Been working hard all week, been working all weekend, um, so I'll go home, have a beer, and wrap it up with a nice Sunday meal, and then pay, perhaps some turtle turtle watching. So... Um, yeah, shout out to everybody that's been listening. Um, I hope this week wasn't too um, wasn't boring or anything like that. Like I, I said, I was uh, perhaps a little uninspired this week. Um, being busy, I didn't have a lot of time to, to jot down ideas and things throughout the week either. So it was kind of all thrown together at the last minute. But I, I want to make sure I'm consistent with these things and get out and, and, and pump the episodes out. They're not all going to be hits, man. But um, one thing's for sure, if this was a little bit lackluster this week, um, at least I did it. I got it off my chest. I've done the episode, and I know that if it's, I'll listen back to this. I'll always listen back to them. And if I'm disappointed by it when I hear it, it'll, it'll give me fuel in, in the tank to um to make sure I really nail next week's episode, this this interview. So, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for your time. Get on the Facebook page. Let me know what you want to hear, what you want to talk about. Uh, if you're friends with Carlos um, in real life or on social media, G him up. Tell him to get his ass back on the podcast. We'll do another episode of that one. If you're listening, Carlos. You've been called out, son. Uh, everybody, yeah, thanks for your time. Thanks for listening. Um, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Uh, stay stay safe in the heat, mate. Make sure you cover up. Get your plenty of fluids in you because people are going to start dropping like they do every single summer um, soon enough. Make sure it's not you. Um, yeah, that's it, guys. Thanks for your time. Uh, Average Man uh, podcast episode 19B, Headland is Burning. Over and out.